Good afternoon, folks, and you're very welcome to the latest edition of the Boiling Talks podcast. Uh, slightly unusual to do it in the middle of a sporting Saturday when there's actually loads going on, but um, we may well uh, see an update to it posted later on, but for now I just said I would have a little ramble about a few things that have gone on during the week, beginning with Gaelic Games, a few local bits to get out of the way. First of all, uh, yet again, I find myself offering massive congratulations to both uh, Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan. Um, Vicky, in what is absolutely if certain, uh, certainly a first for this locality anyway, and uh, I, <clears throat> I would say it it is fairly unique in that. Uh, Vicky is one of six women uh, nominated for the RTE Overall Sports Person of the Year. Um, I will admit that I know Rachel Blackmore is one of the others. Um, and Kelly Harrington, the boxer, is another one, but I wouldn't be entirely sure as to who makes up the rest of the half dozen but uh, an absolutely remarkable achievement for Vicky and for our club and for me ladies football but um, it's testament I think to how far she has come as a player how far our club have come on the ladies football front and uh, lastly how big of an impression uh, the main ladies football team have made on the entire country not just in a Gaelic football sense but uh, <clears throat> to um, to really appreciate what they have achieved not just this year but over the past couple of years is to see, uh, as I say, Vicky nominated for a national award which encompasses every uh, sporting code in the country and at the time of recording I'm not actually sure whether the girls are up for um, the team of the year that has also awarded uh, during the RTE Sports Awards. Now I would earnestly hope that they are because they would be more than uh, deserving of inclusion in such a bracket. Now I would imagine the, the Limerick Corners of course would also have to uh, come into the reckoning. <coughs> and um, would be well entitled to do so but as well as Vicky uh, being yet again uh, deservedly and meritoriously honoured there was also another fine achievement during the week when 
what we may call her partner in crime, uh, Emma Duggan was <coughs> uh, announced as the top scorer in the entirety of the Ladies Leinster Club Football Championship. Another absolutely outstanding achievement uh, from this extremely talented young woman. Uh, not only because uh, it's the mind's first uh, <coughs> season to actually take part in the senior provincial uh, championship, never mind actually win it, but when you consider the calibre of uh, opponent that Dumboyne uh, had to beat on their way to not only uh, get out of the county but uh, you know as was proven from the time they played uh, Tinahealy in the Leinster Intermediate Club uh, championship some years back I think it was four years ago uh, yet again it was a titanic struggle between the two sides and perhaps fittingly in its own way it was of course Emma who um, dug us out of a hole on that particular occasion uh, when her goose looked to be well and truly uh on the spit roaster but um you know that was only a snapshot of what this girl has been doing not only this year but for many years i mean it must be recalled that when Dumboyne won the all ireland intermediate club championship in 2017 <coughs> emma was a wing forward on that team even though she was only 15 years of age at the time. So uh, we as a club and me as a county are absolutely blessed to be in a position where we are able to call these two um, exceptionally talented sports people, herself and Vicky, uh, two of our own. And, you know, ears like this don't come along uh, very often indeed in some cases they're only once in a lifetime and you know without wanting to to pour cold, cold water on the situation it is a reality that um, it won't last forever so let's hope we um, make the best of it while it is in full flow and it's fantastic to see the girls getting the recognition and reward that they wholly deserve for their magnificence not only this season but in in the last few recent seasons uh moving on then last night friday night uh our club under 20 footballers uh, defeated Drumbarra Emmets in the quarter-final of what, if I'm reading it right, is basically um, Division 2 of the <coughs> uh, Under-20 Championship in the county. Uh, our lad 
Reynolds winning in Rungani um, handily enough I suppose in the finish but um, you know I think it's a it's a great shame that uh, the under 20 competition which I believe to be a competition of uh, tremendous importance uh, that it is played at this uh, drab and dreary time of the year um, I think it's doing the competition a disservice and I think it's doing the players partaking therein an even bigger disservice because at the end of the day the under 20 is the last bridge between uh, underage and adult fair and you know if there's no reason why these competitions uh, can't be fitted in at a more uh, aesthetically pleasing time of the year and apart from the uh, optics of the thing it um, would surely uh, lead to a better standard of football and better matches and you know give players a chance to be seen in their best possible light which all in all most uh, augur well for uh, both the players future and the futures of uh, the team which they represent now on the actual underage grades themselves I know that there has been uh, quite a bit of conjecture lately with regard to um, uh, you know should minor go back to under 18 and should under 21 have been left the way it is uh, just as has been the case in Hurland now uh, I myself would question uh, why the Hurland wasn't um, brought into uniformity with the football uh, it reminds one of the um, column Eamon Sweeney of the Sunday Independent um, wrote many years ago entitled Hurling Man whereby he outlined where the um, Hurling fraternity, shall we say, um, tend to work to their own agenda. In some cases, now look, I'm not, I'm not taking a, a swipe at anyone. I, my beef here would be more with the uh, competition organisers, who I would believe, in some cases, have left a lot to be desired. Uh, I know the restructuring of the minor competitions has uh, drawn quite a um, degree of attention and commentary lately owing to the numbers of players uh, dropping off from the time they are finished at minor and uh, not developing and going further to represent club and or county as um, 
higher level or the highest level um but um you know it is a rather large jump from under 17 up then to either under 20 or or straight into adult fair but what I would question is why um, the hurling was left at under 21 even though there was a need felt to uh, change the football to under 20 um, <clears throat> but um, you know it, it's just something that I feel could be uh worth revisiting by way of, because you're going to see um, more and more club teams I think struggling to to um, feel that various different grades I think I even seen uh, something this morning I was reading a small bit about the uh, Middleton Club in Cork who even though if I'm correct, have just won the Cork uh, Senior Hurling Championship um, are still finding themselves uh, struggling for numbers and the like. So, I mean, if if um, if they're doing that, you can be absolutely assured that there are more clubs in similar predicaments. And I think with all the the fanfare that um, competition restructuring and the like tends to generate from time to time, uh, I think that seriously needs to have another look taken at. Um, now, I do know, and I do not mean this as a slight on anybody because I know uh, <coughs> excuse me I know my neighbour and friend uh, Conor O'Donoghue has done a lot of work on uh, various committees in, in Crow Park with regard to uh, com competition restructure and the like and indeed was one of the committee who um, championed the uh, very promising as far as I would be concerned and many more I would feel uh, would concur with my view that the proposal B had the potential to be the best thing uh, implemented in, in GAA well certainly in Gaelic football anyway for a very long time and uh, as we know unfortunately some months ago the hardliners and uh, those with allergic reactions to uh, change and progress um, won the day when <clears throat> there was a vote taken on proposal B last but I would be hoping and expecting that uh, there would be um, 
enough pressure exerted by the people who are the most important at the end of the day uh, the players to have another look at the proposal I mean if one thinks back far enough uh, to the time of the uh, Lisbon Treaty uh, which off the top of my head now I can't even remember what it what it entailed but I know it had something to do with the EU and countries rights uh, within the EU uh, what I do know is when it was taken first here in Ireland it um, wasn't uh, ratified but um, there was eventually enough uh, wheeling and dealing done until such times as um, it was put to a second vote and uh, on the occasion of that second ballot it did go through so that would be my hope with regard to proposal B that uh, it will sooner rather than later be um, put to a ballot again and I would hope that common sense and forward thinking and uh, you know a bit of modernization can uh, win the day with regard to the direction the GAA and Gaelic football in particular want to go uh, in um, the foreseeable future going forward. Uh, moving on then to uh, news of um, horse racing and uh, as I'm sure anyone would even a passing interest in affairs of the turf will have uh, seen in the past uh, week or so uh, there's only been one story uh, dominating the um, headlines and discourse uh, enveloping and surrounding the sport at the moment um, that being the uh, case uh, taken by Briony Frost in which she uh, alleged and by what I would consider a show trial was uh, proven to be correct in insinuating that she had been uh, repeatedly subjected to abuse and harassment by the uh, Irish jockey uh, Robbie Dunn. Now I know that Robbie did admit to some of the misdemeanours which uh, Miss Frost had um, implicated him in but um, I would feel that um, 
it was a case which, um, yes, on one hand, one would have the utmost uh, respect for uh, Bryony Frost in having the courage to uh, come forward uh, in feeling that she was uh, markedly uh, wronged or as it was uh, described abuse and harassment had been uh, levelled at her now um, as I say Robbie Dunn did plead guilty to some of the um, charges which were levelled at him but there was one I think and it was actually the one which seemed to um, generate the most mileage out of the story uh, which I believe if it happened yes it was wrong but I am very surprised that uh, nobody asked the question uh, how it was allowed to happen uh, as in why were there not um, facilities in place so that the opportunity for the alleged uh, incidents to take place uh, wouldn't have been there in the first place now unless I am reading this situation very very wrong uh, as part of her deposition to the uh, inquiry um, I believe well it's not that I believe it's fairly uh, well widely accepted at this stage that uh, Miss Frost alleged that uh, Robbie Dunn dropped his towel in her presence uh, while in the weigh room. Um, the inference I would take from it would be that uh, evidently male and female jockeys were obviously um, expected or necessitated to um, share uh, the one way room and if that happened to be the case uh, for me at least that would be a much bigger issue than uh, whilst obviously uh, accepting that if Robbie Dunn did do wrong which he has been uh, proven by uh, the inquiry now as I have already probably made fairly obvious at this stage uh, I would have my reservations about the nature of said inquiry and uh, more so um, some of the commentary and um, language that was used in the aftermath thereof 
by um, those um, conducting the the inquiry, shall we say? But um, I think if the one uh, incident in particular, uh, which I am referring to uh, did happen the bigger question here is how in this day and age uh, was uh, where the circumstances which allowed that to happen uh, allowed to prevail what I mean by that is um, as regards Mr. Gould dropping his tone in the way room or whatever way uh, one wants to uh, describe it that to me would imply that uh, male jockeys and female jockeys are uh, sharing the same changing facilities or at least are not um, adequately uh, separated to give uh, both the lads and the ladies um, privacy and dignity which surely uh, at any time in life but especially in this day and age should be an absolute given beyond negotiation now again I could be wrong on the following and if I am I would (coughs) invite people to uh, comment below in the comments or whatever or to hit me up on social media or whatever but I would be very very surprised if uh, on the Irish racing circuit that um, both the lads and the jockeys are uh, sharing the same changing facilities or or whatever way one wants to uh, describe it now I could be entirely wrong as I say and if I am please feel free to um, to advise uh, somewhere upon listening to this uh, production but um whatever about what went on um, during race riding or that and I do believe that uh, Robbie Dunn has pleaded uh, or did plead um, guilty to some of the alleged offences and if they uh, occurred or seeming as how he has pleaded guilty to them occurring yes he should be uh, punished and sternly so but um, I do wonder uh, does the severity of the 18 month suspension uh, with three suspended um, meted out to the uh, lad uh, wholly um, chime with uh, 
was the um, actuality of the case was that that is not to um, decry Miss Frost's um, decision to take the case forward by any means. In fact, as has been the uh, fairly um, unanimous uh, reaction to the whole affair, um, she is to be commended and admired for uh, showing immense courage in bringing the case forward, but I think as with a lot of these things, uh, including the the GA as I mentioned in uh, the previous segment um, a lot of what is uh, wrong here would appear to be um, left at the doorstep of those who are the uh, power brokers in these situations um, I referred earlier in the broadcast about the um, proposal B in Gaelic football um, being more or less rejected because um, those with uh, deep-seated traditionalist uh, views on how things should be done basically uh, banded together and uh, banded together and uh, ensured that the uh, progressive and reformative uh, proposals which were on the table um, were voted down and uh, it would appear that those um, dispensing sanctions and uh, dealing with matters um, with regard to the British Horse Racing Authority and um, horse racing in general perhaps are equally uh, detached from reality and uh, operating to their own sort of agenda now Again, let it be stated that yes, Robbie Dunn obviously had to be sanctioned when found in breach of um, regulations or whatnot and found um, guilty of the offences uh, with which he had been charged. But I would feel that number one, the situation as regard to um, what happened in the way room should never have been in a, in a position to occur in the first place and secondly I do believe that the uh, sentence imposed on Dunn by the inquiry was uh, severe in the extreme in that uh, racing is one of the sports 
and uh, by um, extension businesses I suppose where if you're not in the uh, shop window so to speak it is very easy to um, get uh, you know forgotten about to a certain extent and that while uh, um, Robbie Dunn is on the sideline and uh, serving his his suspension for the offences with uh, which he was charged and found guilty um, racing will move on to a certain extent without him and uh, as a result of that then it leaves it extremely difficult for um, Mr Dunn to um, resume his career or build a career up again uh, when um, his suspension has been served and he's paid his dues to the sport and is entitled to uh, resume his career um, I think there were fairly um, eminent folk within the racing uh, world who took uh, severe umbrage to uh, use of the word rancid by those compiling the report into the complaint when referring to the uh, culture which prevails within the the way room and um, one can only assume that those who um, object to the use of such uh, terminology do so on the basis that um, if such was the case, um, surely the uh, BHI and uh, IHRB would be um, overrun with um, such complaints and, um, you know, because, I mean, bullying is not just... Uh, if um so it has been proven in this instance that um Briny Frost was the uh, victim of uh bullying and harassment but that being the case I would very strongly uh think that uh there's either two ways this could go either um, she <coughs> is far from alone in that uh, situation and that being the case or having the courage to come forward would you would imagine um, encourage anyone else with similar feelings or, or uh, stories to come forward and air them or either that it was a very isolated incident and 
while obviously wrong and something that uh, shouldn't have happened uh, one wonders was it quite worthy of all the uh, mass media coverage it um, was um, <coughs> uh, given during the time when the hearing was ongoing and um, some of the um, occurrences which transpired after the um, event as well now again let it be stated that Briony Frost is uh, due an immense amount of credit for uh, having the strength and belief to um, go where not a lot of people would have gone and uh, pursue what she felt was the case and at the judgment has been proven she was vindicated and think that but my um, <clears throat> reservations about the whole affair and it has nothing to do with whether uh, the defendant was right or wrong or who was involved on one side but um, you would just say to yourself do uh, those imposing the uh, sanctions understand the far-reaching severity and impact of their um, decisions on the <coughs> people involved and secondly uh, and this is only a personal view that one wonders if the um, parties or one of the parties involved uh, weren't as high profile as is the case would there have been uh, similar processes and um, and uh, <clears throat> would things have been handled the same and would indeed there have been a similar outcome but um, I think just in conclusion to uh, think about Robbie Dunn himself going forward well I will just speak about uh, both uh, parties involved moving on from this but first of all for Robbie Dunn uh, yes he was wrong to engage in the behaviour he did uh, yes it is right that he was uh, punished and severely so for um, the actions which he uh, was involved in but uh, I do believe that if he serves his suspension and feels able and willing to uh, resume his career when he is the time done uh, that that 
opportunity should be available to him. Uh, secondly, for Bryony Frost herself, uh, yes, I do believe she is owed um, a debt of gratitude, not only from uh, fellow uh, female sports people, but um, by sports people in general in having the courage to um, take her case forward and uh, you know um, go through with it and uh, be proven uh, correct in her uh, belief that she had been wronged and uh, she should be now look Obviously, with such a contentious issue, issue, uh, there was going to be um, boisterous support in her favour, uh, and um, as there would be, I would hope for for uh, any victim in such a situation. Um, but one would hope. Now that the uh, issue has been dealt with, that uh, it can be, to some extent, uh, from Briony Frost's point of view at least, uh, part and let the girl uh, get on with her career. I mean, it was totally understandable that. Uh, on the week when all this was going on she actually had a wonderful week and booted in several winners uh, during the pertinent few days but um, one would hope that uh, eventually the fanfare surrounding the whole um, issue would uh, eventually lie down or die down rather and that um, <laughs> eventually um, uh, the parties involved will be able to resume their careers within racing if that is the desired um, well, obviously, uh, Bryony will uh, and has kept riding throughout the um, whole episode, but one would hope that eventually uh, the furore surrounding the um, incident uh, will die down and, uh, you know, that we get back again to talking about uh, the racing and what's happening on the track and uh, <clears throat> the likes of that but that um, you know that it should now I would be inclined to concur with some of those within um, racing's inner sanctum if one wants to call it that who would opine that the description of 
the culture within the weigh room and that as rancid as being more than a little over the top but um, you know one would hope that the whole episode um, would um, <coughs> uh, bring about whatever changes are needed to to uh, be implemented to improve the situation uh, from where it currently resides and whatever about a culture within the sport that certainly would also apply to uh, the um, guilty party in this situation whereby if and when they um, he serves his uh, suspension that whatever help and guidance uh, he will need to resume his career when he has paid his dues to the sport if he so wishes to do uh, will be available there for him but uh, I would feel that for now the most important thing is that racing uh, puts the thing, the whole thing behind it and um, that we get back to talking about um, what, <coughs> what's happening uh, on the track itself more so than anything else.